0: Turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Got a message today called Good News. Good News. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. All right. This is what it says. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now, If you are a history buff, or you are old enough to have lived through World War II, is anyone here old enough that you were alive during World War II? Anyone? I see two hands. Raise your hand real high if you were. Okay, I see two hands. Come on, y'all, that's awesome. You must have been children, yes. Um, But if if you're a history buff, or you were alive during that time, you would remember the ebb and flow of the, 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 those who anxiously awaited good news um, and fearfully anticipated the bad news during that time period. After the attack on Pearl Harbor uh, precip- precipitated sorry, America's sudden entry into the conflict, it was a long time before Americans had much to cheer about. As the battle in Europe and then in the Pacific finally turned in favor of the allies, in the United States, one particular radio commentator by the name of Gabriel Heater, endeared himself to listeners with a welcome phrase that was his famous trademark. He would begin every broadcast with this. Ah, yes, I've got good news tonight. But good news for one side was, of course, bad news for the other. The end of the war was, in a sense, good news for all, both sides, no matter which side you're on, even the losers, because it ended the destruction, the maiming, and the death that was taking place. But there was no consolation, even for the winners of this war, because in war, there are really no winners, because their loved ones, even on the winning side, their loved ones became part of the terrible statistics. And even in times of what the world calls peace, eventually everyone runs out of whatever good news and earthly life can bring. And becomes at last a part of the statistics marking the sorry history of mankind brought by sin and the penalty of sin. Good good news in that time, during that period, and in life, really, is not really good news unless it's marked by one thing. See, God alone offers enduring good news. Only he can offer this good news of a unique nature. Here's the key. If it's good news from God, then it's always good to everyone who hears it. Amen. Amen. This good news concerns the eternal remedy for the sin that has separated man from God. This good news is different. See, when the parents of the future radio commentator uh, gave him the name of Gabriel, little did they realize how fitting it would be one day. The angel Gabriel is predominantly associated in Scripture with bringing good news, especially about or concerning the Messiah. It was this special messenger from God, Gabriel, who told Daniel the very day on which the Messiah would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey, then die for his people, as we see in Daniel chapter 9 it was also gabriel who told zacharias that his wife would give birth to the uh, to the special prophet that would prepare the way prepare israel for the messiah again it was gabriel who announced to the virgin mary that she would be with child of the holy spirit and give birth to the messiah it therefore seems likely that it was also gabriel When the time came to announce to the shepherds the miraculous birth of the Messiah, it also seems likely it was Gabriel that did that. So today I want to give you two quick points about this good news. Point number one, this good news is for everyone. Everyone. The gospel in a New Testament term uh, is a New Testament term. And think about this. I don't know if you knew this, but the gospel... Being a New Testament term, it would never occurs in the Old Testament. You never see this word in the Old Testament. It is translated from the uh, Greek word euangelion. Euangelion means good message or good news. There is no indication, either from the word itself or from the usage of that word, that this good news from God is for certain people only and not for all. Mark 16 15 says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel, the good news to the, say it with me, whole creation. Therefore, by very definition of the word itself, it must be good news for every person in the world who hears it. The angel of the Lord said in announcing the birth of Christ to the shepherds he declared don't be afraid he said I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people somebody say all people all people people. every person it could not be more clearly stated And that by an angelic messenger from God, that the gospel is a bona fide offer of salvation to mankind and to to all who may respond. How else could it be possible that it would bring great joy or offer great joy to all people? See, there are those, you you might wonder, well, Bill, why are you going down this road? Because there are those who would attempt to make the words all people mean all kinds of people. But that is not what the angel said. That's not what the word of God says. And if it were what the angel meant, then he would have said so. But just to drive this point home a little further, let me show you this. We are told repeatedly that God sent his son to give everyone an opportunity to be saved. Amen? Okay, John three sixteen and 17. For God, uh, this is how God loved the world. That he gave his one and only son so that, say it, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Everyone. The whole world. Okay? 1 Timothy 2 says this, and and I don't have all these scriptures on the screen, but you can look them up. 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 6 says that God wants everyone to be saved. And then it goes on to say that Jesus gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. 1 John 2.2 2 tells us that Jesus is the propi- propitiation. Well, that's a hard word to say. Propitiation for the sins of the whole world. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us God does not want anyone to be destroyed, but God wants everyone to repent. Nowhere in all of Scripture do we find a clear statement to the contrary. Nowhere. The truth is, the good news is for all people. Amen? Amen. The good news is for all people. I'll say it again. The good news is for all people. I just want to stop here for a moment and just say this to you personally. Because I know many people who have felt they've just gone too far, or they've done too much, or, or, or they're just so broken, or they're so unreachable. By the Lord, But I'm here to tell you today, it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've gone or how many times you've turned your back on God or how many times you've walked away. His hand is not too short. The good news is still for you today. You've not done too much. You've not upset him so much that he doesn't love you and he doesn't want you and wants your heart. God wants your heart. He loves you. You've not broken so many commandments or, or sinned so many times that God has finally, fed, finally said, oh, you know what? It's enough. You know what? I can't take it anymore. I, I just can't deal with you anymore. God never does that. He constantly is pursuing you. He wants you. He loves you. This is a love that we can't fully comprehend or understand. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We cannot fully comprehend or understand this kind of love. We say we we love that way, and we try to love that way. How many of you try to love that way? I try to love that way, but come on, y'all. Do we fall short? Yes. Because this love from the Father is so deep and so rich and so full Have you ever gone through that time, that season in your life where you just felt like, man, you just didn't measure up? You just couldn't make it? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I see some heads shaking. You just were like, man, I'm just struggling right now. You know? You felt like you kept trying and trying and trying and trying. I'm talking followers of Jesus, Christians here. You're just, you love him, you're serving him, but you just felt like, man, it's just one thing after another. And I just feel like I keep screwing this thing up. Anybody? Let me tell you something about the love of the Father. He doesn't look at you and go, you did it again. What's wrong with you? Do you understand that he saw it coming before it happened? What he does is he looks at us with open arms and says, I still love you. That's right. I'm still for you. That's right. I'm not going to turn my back on you. That's right. You're mine. That's right. Jason, you're not less than because you made a mistake. Come on. It doesn't change the way he sees us. Do you understand that? It does not change the way he sees us. The beauty of that is that we need that. Because we get just the opposite of that throughout our whole lives from humanity, don't we? Right? And God is looking at us saying, look, just keep your eyes on me. Keep your focus on me. If we don't keep our eyes on him and focus on him, then we're going to miss the good news. It's not going to be good news. If we start looking at humanity and start looking at people around us and start looking at things, we're going to miss the good news. The second point is this. This good news brings great joy. Amen? Amen? It brings great joy. If this good news is for all people, then we have to conclude that the great joy is for all people as well. In other words, the good news does not come without bringing great joy. Psalm 32, 1 and 2 says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt. Anybody say amen to that today? Anybody experience that joy, that your disobedience is forgiven, your sin is put out of sight, your record is clear? Anybody thankful that your record is clear this morning? And I'm not talking about your record from 10, 20 years ago. I'm talking about your record from yesterday. I'm talking about your record from this morning, just 10 minutes ago. Come on, y'all. You know what I'm talking about. Right? I'm a pastor. I've counseled people. I've heard the stories of people driving to church and all the way to church and praise the Lord and all the way home. And y'all are laughing because it's happened to all of us. Every one of us. Doesn't matter who you are. Pastors, everybody. And you're like, whew. And, and let me just say this. You know. You know that we cross the line into sin in those, right? Yes? Yes. Have you ever treated somebody... Let's just get real. Let's just open up here this morning. How about that? This is good news. Have you ever treated somebody on the way to church that you knew was not pleasing to God? Four people. Okay. Have you ever lied? I'm just kidding. I'm just or just not wanted to respond. You're not lying, I just don't want to respond to that. I just, yes, I said yes in my heart. I said yes, the Lord knows. Isn't it nice to know that your record has been cleared of guilt? Isn't it nice to know that we can say, Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. You know, in the New Testament, Paul talks about we don't use that grace that's what that is, that grace from God. We don't use that as an excuse to keep on sinning. We don't abuse the grace of God. That's not the right thing to do. As followers of Jesus, if, if we're just doing that, if we're just going, eh, I got grace, I got grace so I can just keep on cruising like this, then God's going, no, then your heart's not for me, right? So it doesn't give us an excuse because our record's been cleared of guilt to keep on sinning or to keep on making those mistakes over and over again. We have to be moldable and, and malleable and teachable by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit. He has to, we have to allow him to work in our lives. But it's so good to know that when our hearts are going toward the Lord, even though we make mistakes, he clears the record. He clears the past. All we have to say is, Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. And here's another thing I want to say. Just really feel led by the Lord this morning to say this. It doesn't set you back to square one. Many people believe they're on the journey with the Lord and they make a mistake or they sin, and when they repent, they've got to go back to square one. Quit allowing the enemy to bring that kind of condemnation upon you. Quit allowing the enemy to do that. He is the liar and the father of lies. And he's trying to convince you to, to go back because he wants to strip you of the, pow- the power that you have. It's rightfully yours. A lot of people believe when they make a mistake, they believe they repent. Yes, my record's cleared, but you know what? I, I, I've lost some power. I've lost some authority. I've lost some standing in the kingdom of God, and you haven't. Amen. You haven't. Romans 4, 8, uh, I'm sorry, 4, 7, and 8 says this. Paul quotes, well, it's the same scripture. Paul quoted it again in Romans 4. Let's just go on and, and say this to you. There are many people who believe they are just destined for a life of sadness and grief. There are many people that believe that the joy, this joy we're talking about that's for all people, is an elusive thing for them. And that they're meant for, to suffer in loneliness and sorrow until they get to heaven. But can I tell you that's just simply not true. The mistake for people that feel that way, that feel like they're destined for that, that feel like they're just constantly in misery, the mistake for, for them is that you're looking at the, your circumstances to bring you joy. Your circumstances will never bring true joy. Amen? Your circumstances might make you temporarily happy, but the moment those circumstances change, what happens to that happiness? If you're looking to your circumstances to make you happy, to bring you joy, then your circumstances have become your God. And we can get that all mixed up, can't we? God does something in our life and, and, boy, things are going good and everything's great and we feel this tremendous happiness and joy in our lives and we think, we mistake to think that it's, that's happening and we're feeling that way because of our circumstances around us. And maybe that's what we're doing, but if we get our eyes on those circumstances and we allow the circumstances to be the thing that brings us or we think brings us the joy, then we've mistaken the circumstances for God. Those circumstances become our God. And then we constantly are looking for our circumstances to be good and to be the way we like them and to make us feel good because then we'll have joy. Does that make sense to you? But see, you can have joy in the midst of trouble. You can have the joy of the Lord in the midst of trial and difficulties. In fact, we must have his joy in those difficulties and trials. We have to have that because the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our Strength, And so if you don't have that joy in the midst of trials, then you're, you're, you're depleted of the strength that you need to get through those trials. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, my power works best. Or the Lord said this. My power works best in weakness. For when you are weak, then you are strong. So we need to understand that the circumstances can't bring, bring true lasting joy. Only Jesus can do that. The word of God does not say that your perfect life, void of difficulties and trials, will bring you joy. But this is what it does say. In Luke chapter 6, verse 22, it says, Jesus said this, What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil, all because you follow the Son of Man. Now let me just stop right there. Look at that scripture for a moment. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil, all because you follow the Son of Man. Wow. Right? Blessings await you when this happens to you. How many of you in this room are watching today, are looking forward to this kind of thing happening to you? Okay, the blessings. How many of you want people to hate you? Exclude you, mock you, curse you. Nobody wants that. Nobody goes, Yeah, that's me, I want that. Sign me up. I'll be first in line. You know? And if you're one of those that say, Yeah, come back, because I'm going to get extra jewels in my crown, come on. You know? Nobody wants that to happen. We want the blessings. We want the blessings sign me up for that but we don't want to go through the difficulties another thing the lord kind of downloaded to me uh, several years ago when i was studying this he said you know a lot of people take this scripture as all because where it says all because uh because you follow the son of man Th- these things happen to you because you follow the son of man a lot of people because t- you call yourself a christian Um, Or because you take a a hard stand for the Word of God, or you you stand up and fight for the Word of God. And that's good, and we should do that. We should take a stand for the Word, amen? Amen. We should not be afraid, and we should not shrink back because the world is going in this direction, and we're going in this direction. We should not be afraid of the backlash of that. That's partly what this is saying. But another thing the Lord showed me is, have you you ever, let me put it to you this way, have you ever walked into a, a place a room, a building, the workplace, wherever. And you didn't say a word, but you could feel the tension, the spiritual tension in the room. Anybody? You could feel, you understand we're in a spirit war, right? We're in a spiritual war. Angels and demons are battling. The the Bible calls it principalities in the heavenly realms. We We are in the spiritual war. So when you walk into a place, you have the love and the light of God in you. You have the Spirit of God in you. When you walk into uh, anywhere you go, that Spirit of God that's in you goes with you. And when you go into places, maybe even in your home, maybe you experience it in your home, but you go into places, you're going to experience a spiritual battle, and you have to be in touch and in tune with the Spirit of God to understand that's what's taking place. Because if we're not in understanding of that, then we'll go into a place and we'll wonder, why is this happening? Why is our things so tense? Why did an argument just break out? Why did this just happen? Why did that just happen? Well, there are spiritual forces in the heavenly realms that are clashing. And when you go in with the light of Christ, that's going to happen. Amen? So you might all of a sudden have somebody hate you or mock you or... Persecute you or exclude you or, you know, this is one version, you can read other versions, say all kinds of evil against you. I mean, come on, y'all, you know what I'm talking about? You ever been driving down the road, you didn't do a thing and somebody just flips you off? No? Just me? Maybe I'm doing some things I didn't know I was doing. <laughs> Guess I'm a bad driver. And I didn't even know it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying you did something or you didn't. I mean, you know, that kind of stuff happens. Why? Because even though we live in a physical body, in a physical world, there's a spiritual war that's raging right now. And we have to understand that these kind of things are going to happen. So watch this. Verse 23 when that happens, Jesus didn't say if that happens, he said when that happens. He didn't say if that happens. He said when that happens. Let me, let me say to the side of the room. He didn't say if that happens. He said when that happens. So it's going to happen, right? So when that happens, be happy. Woo! Come on. Yeah, be happy. Yes. Woo! Let's go. No? I said be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I want persecution. <laughs> Come on, Aaron. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> <Give> me- <laughs> I'm And in closing, Aaron, I'm not calling on you ever again. <laughs> ever. ever. Somebody turn around. Oh. Be happy. Yes. Leap for joy. Come on, y'all. Leap for joy. I, I, I just want to, I know, I know, I know, and you're like, man, I get it. No, you need to get this. I need to get this, we all need to get this, because I know what I go through, and I know the turmoil that I I feel, and the struggle that I feel, and the spiritual war that's going on, and I know how many times I just go, whoo, like to anybody, you just go, man, when something happens, you just go, whoo, and it takes you a minute to get your feet back under you, I have to get it in my spirit that I'm going to go through struggles. It doesn't, listen, it doesn't mean that we're exempt from our actions. We have to be teachable, humble, moldable, shapeable. We can't blame everything on persecution. Come on, y'all. When somebody brings something into our lives, and, and, and it's from the Lord. We need to receive. But when you're going through persecution, you can't allow the enemy to take you to that place. You need to be happy. You need to leap for joy. The Bible says this. Jesus said, for great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets the same way. And, and I love that, scripture, that part of the scripture because what the Lord is saying what he's saying is, listen, this is not something new. This has been going on for thousands of years. Okay? That's another thing the enemy will do to us. The enemy will lie to us and go, man, you're, what's wrong with you? This is happening to you. He isolates us to make us feel like this doesn't happen anywhere else or to anyone else because he's piling on to try to make us feel so low. So the Lord's saying, remember, this happened to the ancestors, their ancestors years ago who did it to the prophets. So the word of God says this good news will bring great joy to all who receive it so the question is have you received the good news have you received it John sixteen twenty. Jesus said I tell you the truth you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me but the world will rejoice now watch this you will grieve but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy this is awesome I want you to see something here today as I close this out. I want you to see that Jesus entered the world with the announcement of great joy and he exited the world with the same announcement. Do you see that? He came into the world as a baby with the angel announcing good news that will bring great joy. And Jesus himself exited this world. I'll tell you the truth. When you see what's going to happen to me, you're going to weep and mourn. But, but you, you will grieve. But your grief will be turned into sudden joy, wonderful joy. The joy of the Lord is here. He came with the announcement of joy. He exited with the announcement of joy. He made a promise that he would send the Holy Spirit who would bring comfort and joy. So the joy of the Lord is here. This is good news. This is good news. So have you received this joy? Do you know he's alive? Do you know that he's living? He's alive. The night is over. The sun has risen. And with with his rising comes great joy.